0: Hello, listeners. RJ here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. A few things before the usual babbling before our main content. First, I'd like to let you know that we have a special episode coming up in a few weeks. A few of us recently recorded an episode with a very special guest while on vacation in Michigan's Upper Peninsula over Memorial Weekend, and I'd like to say it's probably one of our funniest recordings yet. Uh, We're very excited to share it with you, so be on the lookout for that. The second thing is that Brandon will not be in this episode, as something came up about an hour before recording, so this episode ended up being a last-minute, more traditional dungeon-crawl type of uh, session that Harrison threw together last minute, which I'd say really shows just how skilled he is at crafting stories and also uh, adapting. (laughs) If you like our show, please make sure to share it with your friends. It's one of the best ways to grow our listening audience. If your podcast service includes it, please leave us a review and a rating. It really helps us, both on those platforms and also, you know, feedback in general is nice. Remember, we're on most forms of social media, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Our updates will primarily come from Twitter. If you'd like to make a post about the show, uh, make sure to use the hashtag RealmsNerds. That's all one word, RealmsNerds. Once again, thank you to our friend Kyle for composing the main theme. We really appreciate you, bud. Thank you, listener, for listening. We really appreciate you. And now let us return to the realm of the return of Ornan. Previously on Realms and Nerds, the return of Ornan.
1: When the elves vanquished the dragons that lived inside of the mound, they threw all of their carcasses into a giant heap, leaving just the bones behind. When the dwarves settled and started their quest for more and more wealth, they also attracted some various religious factions. One of them took the bones of these vanquished dragons and fashioned it into a giant house of meditation,
2: prayer, and training. And this is where we find Mikhail. This temple that he was raised in is actually the temple of Bahamut, who is the dragon god of... Good and war, but since Bahamut is also a god of war, his studies were not only in the books and scriptures, but also in the combat and art of war. You see
1: uh, arrayed before you the ruins of what was once the greatest city in the world, and you have now reached the Garden of Stone. Fox, Oxl, often goes out to help recon the land for him, looking for different dangers or bringing news back to him. So right before you guys are about to leave the forest and enter the desert at the beginning of the Garden of Stone, Oxl returns with some pretty terrible news. Timber's Crest has fire all around it. The forests around that area are burning, small fires all throughout, the woodland creatures have scattered, and most concerning, there is the body of a half-elf woman that, under cover of darkness, was hauled right near the gates of the city, and carefully and meticulously disemboweled. Well, so we can rule out my messing up as uh, the source
0: of this danger, because somebody had to use that as cover to get that half-elf disemboweled.
1: Yes, so the body has been torn apart, but, like, perfectly arrayed on the ground. That has been cut apart, except all of the internal organs are missing. So, because because of the combination of the fire throughout the forest and the disemboweled corpse, Mikael suspects that Maliaklus might be involved in this attack on the city. And so to confirm it, because he is most knowledgeable of the forest and has his fox to guide him, Sebo has gone to investigate the disturbance at this city of Timber's Crest while everyone else tries to do what they can here on the southern edge of the wasteland while they await for his return. So, the party camps out in the forest for about a day or so, and then you decide that uh, a small scouting mission would be in order. Because you have no idea how long it's going to take SIBO to return with this news, you decide to venture on into the wasteland a little ways. So, at the spot where you've made camp, you leave some instructions for Sebo on how to find you. I think that before beforehand, because Sebo is, you know, kind of this, this character that, you know, has been around a lot and knows a lot of sort of subterfuge tricks, you, he kind of gave you some special instructions on how to leave sort of a coded message that he would know how to follow, sort of a, a cipher of his own design. So you leave him this note that gives him some directions on how to find the way that you have gone into the wasteland. Did he basically also just known
3: as Thieves Can't
0: he basically just teach us a very rudimentary version of Thieves Can't?
1: So it's not it yes and no. It's, More like a shadow hunt. It's based off of the idea of Thieves Can't. However, anyone that's a thief can read Thieves can or anyone that's learned Thieves Can't mm. can read this. So long ago, Sibo being, although he wants to be liked by people, he's also somewhat untrusting of people because he himself is to a degree untrustworthy. And you know that untrustworthy people are the most untrusting. And so, he has developed his own version that's a variation of Thieves' Camp specifically for leaving short instructions so that in this way he can tell, not only like in this case where he wants to keep a disguise, but he has used it before when people are leaving him messages so that he can know that the person leaving him a message is the person that he specifically is trying to talk to and not somebody else that is you know sort of impersonating and it's helped him to avoid some sort of sting operations by the law in the past does
2: that mean that we carved into a rock northwest <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> okay, so we left him a, message. So,
1: so we left them a ba- message. Basically, but um, slightly more specific than that, kind of giving him the general lay of the land the way that you intend to go. Mm-hmm. But the Garden of Stone basically dominates the southern part of the eastern wasteland. The Garden of Stone is the ruins of a city that was built before the first age of oh, this world. For
2: fucking ever. So, first, first civilization, basically.
1: Yes, this was before the recorded history of what is known in this world. There are a few people that are really kind of scholars of the ancient times that know sort of fragments of what this civilization was. But for a large part, it has been lost to memory. And so now what it is, because we basically have this area where large buildings, I mean, we're talking about, like, castles and buildings that were of a size that even today is sort of unheard of, I mean, like... Three standing buildings that reached over thirty stories tall, made of stone that that have now crumbled or fallen over this is a this is a civilization that had advancement and capabilities beyond really even what anybody today is capable of, but somehow. And this is the part that's really kind of nobody has any idea how this happened. Somehow this civilization that seemed to have more advancement and knowledge than anybody else was laid to waste. And nobody knows what happened or how this waste happened. Yet it did because we today have this ruin of a society we have no idea who lived there. So this is the scene that you see yourself walking into. You sort of mount—there's like a kind of a gradual hill that gets increasingly steeper going on for about a half a mile— By the end of the climb, you're actually at a pretty good angle. I mean, we're talking probably a 30 to 40 degree angle on this climb. But when you reach the top of this hill, you can see sort of stretching out into the horizon the ruins of this city. And what you notice is the entire city is basically inside of a bowl. The landscape slopes down, and the city is built sort of into this sloping area that goes down towards the center. And so the entire city you can see is on this bowl area. And actually, as you look out into the east, the bowl actually scoops up right into the edge of the sea. And so this entire almost this entire city is actually below sea level. So we know how it ended. Right on the, the edge, edge of, of the sea. <laughs> I was thinking a meteor struck
0: and created a giant yeah. crater and sunk the city.
3: Wouldn't the city be obliterated?
0: Right. I mean, there's be it's collapsed. remains.
2: Those would be the, the city some would be sturdy buildings. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, the skyscrapers of stone are still standing, but we killed everybody. <laughs> oh, no, okay, so that's what on Otherwise, the crater would be oh. filled. Oh. So we're at the top of, giant of the edge of the crater, basically? Yeah,
1: so basically the that would be a good assessment the entire city sits inside of a massive almost like a crater but like you know like a bowl like it scoops in even like i said even on the seaside the wall is built up just past sea level do does assessment? it
2: does it appear man-made or does it appear that it is a natural cataclysm that has created the bowl wouldn't it be hard to differentiate at, at this point? No, that would be actually very easy to differentiate. Take for instance, like the well, the amphitheaters at Athens. They carved them out of the mountains and hills, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, if it appears man-made, it looks shaped. But if it's like a cataclysm, it would be like a meteor strike happened, or mm-hmm. it was a, a sinkhole. So I will say, I will say this: this happened a long
1: time ago. I think I may have mentioned this or not before, but this adventure takes place in the seventh age of this world. Mm-hmm. And so this civilization was an old kind of ancient civilization before the first age of recorded history. So more than a couple of millennia. So it is so at this point it is hard to tell whether or not it was man made or something happened. I will say that the slope going down to the middle seems to be fairly uniform, and that even in the center of the divot or crater or whatever you want to call it, none of the buildings seem more or less demolished than any of the other buildings.
3: Can I do a perception check to see if I can see anything from in distance?
1: Okay. Uh, that's a 10. So, you can't really discern a lot, except for the fact that even though the civilization and the city itself are dead, this area is not dead in the sense that it's not devoid of life. Long ago, the area was overtaken by various thieves and bandits. I mean, again, this is um kind of like the Badlands of uh, South Dakota. I mean, this covers basically the entire southern portion of the eastern wastelands. So some people that are trying to get farther north have tried to venture through this area on some of the old roads that were built in here, which obviously makes these roads sort of a target of bandits or other people. Um, And then on top of that, just the general nature of the topography makes it such that someone who knows the area well can quickly vanish into this area. Because there's so many buildings that have fallen over and just kind of random jumbles, oftentimes criminals try to use this area to disappear from the law that's chasing them. And then on top of that... So, badlands of South Dakota. There's also rumors that because of the ancient nature of this area, that there are other more aggressive and old foes that lurk in these areas. So much so, in fact, that the center sort of square mile of this area is for anyone that comes through the region or knows the region... They completely avoid the area directly in the middle because there are so many stories and adventurers that have not returned from that area.
3: Sounds like the place we need to go. That
1: it just, it's sort of a no-fly no, no fly zone, if you will. Everyone avoids that, even if it takes them more time or effort. Nobody wants to go into the center of the Garden of Stone.
0: So we're standing on a hill, right, overlooking this? The Garden of Stone you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and That's <laughs> 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 beautiful! It works so well. uh, okay. No, but for real, as we're looking over the... As we're kind of, <laughs> of looking, looking over this, Joan comments, you could fit a lot of milk in this bowl. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ramaj starts walking down the hill.
2: I was actually going to do a strength check to throw Joan down the edge of the bowl.
3: <laughs> can I help him
1: assist him with that? Give him advantage on the roll. <laughs> can I like? Can I do? All right, so I get advantage. Uh, on you the get advantage because I'm helping. It's you. not okay. Can... Hold on. <laughs> it's, it's not that kind of doing... a bowl. So
0: we're doing a strength contest. Okay, okay guys. Get... Seriously, start.
2: seventeen
0: net twenty plus two. <laughs> <laughs> You try to grab me, I grab you and throw you down the hill. I just
1: watched this video. It's not that kind (laughs) of a bowl. Anyway. As you roll down the hill, as you wish. (laughs) As you guys sort of take a walk down this hill, and again, this, even though the sort, the slope to get up on the initial side was a pretty steep hill. As you crested the hill and start to go down, this hill is a fairly gentle slope. The, I mean, the most we're talking about here in any area is about a 10 degree slope. So this is a gentle kind of sloping glide down into the center. As you are coming down the edge of the hill, you come across a cleverly hidden burrow into the ground. So, you know, we have the slight slope of the hill, and basically what has happened here is there was an area where a building tipped over, and so sort of made a flat area coming out and extending from the edge of the hill, and underneath the stonework of that, hidden into the ruins of the building, is a tunnel that goes down into the side of the hillside.
2: Are we talking about, like, wind has pulled sand up from the ground to create kind of dunes on the side of this building, so it's kind of like an enclosure? Closed and a structure almost built into the ground. Kind of sealed off, if you will, like... Sort of?
1: Yeah, so, so this has definitely been dug out by somebody, but the idea is that it's been disguised, sort of. The hole is hidden underneath the ruins of where the building fell, so unless you are right on top of it or you're looking for it, you're not going to see that this is here. So, after a little bit of deliberation, the three of you decide that this warrants some investigating, and given that you don't want to go too far, you want to kind of secure the area near where you are to kind of be ready when SIBO comes back, you decide to go and investigate this little burrow and see what's inside. I'd like to do an
0: arcana check on the burrow.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh, oh boy, that's a six. <coughs> a oh. six? Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, you don't feel anything. It's a whole. Well, yeah, I don't feel anything. But what do I learn about the Arcana checks?
1: <laughs> you you do not sense any ender here <laughs> okay. at here. All.
3: I'll do an Arcana
1: check. All right. That is fifteen. This entire area has a magical aura to it, the, I mean everything like the ground, the buildings all of it just kind of radiates sort of a residual magical energy so you pick up on that but outside of that there's not much that you see after having decided that you guys are all going to go in and investigate what's inside of this oh, yeah. program, you, uh, I guess, before you head in, is there any kind of preparation you want to do? You guys want to grab anything?
3: <laughs> we kind of took a day and a half rest before this journey. Yeah, so the, okay,
1: yeah. All I, of I guess I should have. I should have said you guys definitely days. took a long rest. Oh, we're
0: well past that. We, we we've established did, that.
1: Did we officially establish that? Okay, so yeah, if you, if you haven't rolled hit points or whatever. We're, we just regain all our hit points. You regain all hit points. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Right, right. like that. yeah. that's
2: right. Long rest is all hit points. Yes. You're gonna do a strength check to throw Joan some into the hole.
0: That would be. Are we actually 12. doing this
2: one? Sure. <laughs> <Trust laughs> Fuck me. Why Down
0: a hill, so no go, but into a dungeon we go. What'd you roll? 12. 10.
1: Okay,
2: so, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think you roll a 12. That's a (laughs) 6. Oh, wait. Yeah, my strength... You roll a 9. No, my strength modifier is a 3. And that's a 6. Oh. Woo! I grabbed
0: him and threw him in the dungeon. I'm not joking over this.
1: So I guess uh, what happens is (laughs) Mikael, trying to play a little prank like the prankster he is, uh, gives Joan a little push to try and shove him into the burrow, but Joan That ain't happening. Joan ain't about that shit. So he actually, uh, Joan, can you throw me an athletics check real quick? Sure. Done. Joan actually, I he gets pushed forward, tries to grab onto the edge of the stonework and do a little, like, cool spin around to not go in. And he messes it up and he kind of falls, but he definitely doesn't go into the hole, so he's a little embarrassed, but he didn't end up Gets him up, the dusts hole himself
0: hole. off he pulls fine. out his revolver whirls it around points at Mikhail, whirls it back around and puts it back in the holster can we see anything
3: in the burrow from where we're
0: standing I have dark vision
3: so does he should we okay. roll a perception check?
1: If you want to. What's yeah, why not? Alright. Why are you rolling seven? You don't have dark vision. I
3: I can try
1: and <laughs> it's like it a four. Guys, it's not as dark. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's it's with, technically it's a seven. With like, a four, okay, with a seven. It's dark. Okay. And you can tell it's dark in there. Critical fail. You guys can <laughs> see colors. <laughs> <laughs> you want the, the color you see inside of the uh in the hole is black.
2: <laughs> How did right. both of us cast
0: a critical fail? I'm going to throw a firebolt in there. Okay. To try and kind of light the corridor up. How far does it go? A uh, firebolt has a range of 120 feet. All right. And then let me see. It is. Yeah, you roll a bolt of fire at a creature object within range. Make. Well, that's for that's the rest. Of it's just about like okay. deal trying to deal damage to it, but I'm not trying to attack it. Can any.
1: you make an attack roll against? I'm not trying to make. That it, that's like what I'm nothing. saying. The
0: rest of it is about rolling to like. I guess I could roll to see like if it if like I it works you it it in it the in hole. The, yeah, if I actually get it in the hole.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, we'll just like I mean, throw towards what I, I assume just, is a I back guess. I guess just throw me a roll. I don't really right. see there being twenty-one. Yeah. I mean, you're standing right there. So All right. Yeah, what do, what, what do we see
0: as I as it's <laughs> fly down the corridor?
1: Well, you launch a firebolt into this hole and. As it flies through, um, it hits about 50 feet in. It hits a wall, and so when it sort of impacts there, you can see that the corridor kind of curves to the right. And, That's uh, a crazy
2: throw. <laughs> I cast Dancing Lights. It's one of my trips. What does it do? It creates four torch-sized lights within range. You make them appear as torches, lanterns, or glowing orbs that hover in the air for the duration. You can also combine the four lights into one glowing, vaguely humanoid form or me- of medium size. Whichever form you choose, each light sheds dim light in a ten-foot radius. As a bonus action on your turn, you can move the lights up to sixty feet to a new spot within range. Light must be within 20 feet of another light created by this spell. The light winks out if exceeds the spell range.
3: I'm casting produce flame and I'm walking in the burrow. I want
1: to just get this moving. I'd follow behind him. What
2: about you, Mikhail?
1: Mikhail, are you going too?
2: Yeah, lights are going with him. Okay. We're walking the it gets... So y'all have
1: walked in. Joan, I need you to roll a perception check for me, real quick. 19. As you threw your firebolt, uh, into that burrow and it hit the wall in the back, you saw some small sort of indistinguishable shapes near ground level that as the firebolt hit the wall sort of moved farther on down the tunnel. Uh, since I saw
0: that walking in, I'm gonna have a dagger and my revolver both drawn.
1: Okay. Are you telling your? Oh yeah, like I've I've warned them about these this I always, movement. And
3: I always carry my shield on my arm whenever we're going into somewhere. Okay. Just as a precaution. Same. But my sword is not drawn. So wait, are you gonna? Right
0: are we gonna do a kind of formation where you have a shield going in front, <laughs> and then you have a shield kind of covering our back, and I'm in the middle? We can do that. Uh, I mean, like, so, I always because so we're, we're in, in a corridor. Solid defense. In Just kind of, sort of like, are you going to walk in kind of sideways so your shield's kind of facing the way we came in? Just in case of
2: something.
3: Because imagine I'm not this is
2: I'm not at the ready unless I'm warned about danger of that. I told you there was Okay, a- so this, I, I, to kind of uh, set
1: the stage here, this tunnel is only about four feet across. Yeah, so they put up their shields They're so basically covering
2: you, you one abreast.
1: You could watch one abreast. If you, two abreast, you'd have to walk, like, staggered to shoulder. But you'd be about kind about of a staggered sort of look, but you could do it if you wanted to. I'm talking to.
0: about us going single file. He's in Because he said he was in the front and he had a shield and I walked in Okay, I well, I'll let you guys figure that out. We're yeah. walking in a line. Okay, so you're walking in and you said you have your shield up. I'm yeah. saying... Is Mikael going to, since he's in the back, kind of cover our back with his shield? He's kind
2: watching of? the, the okay. path ahead. So his shield is not guarding his back since his chainmail does. Well, alright. That's we, how we're doing we it. We have no reason to look
0: behind us. Fair Bar. enough. Continue. I just thought it would be really neat, especially with a small corridor. A giant bear
1: comes in behind us <laughs> and involves <Mal's> Mikael. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> Well, a walking a...
3: bear
0: in the middle of the desert. I'm Sebo.
1: <laughs> no, you're
0: a bear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm definitely Sebo. Sebo's with me. Yes. Sea bear. <laughs> I'm sea bear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boo boo. I found some baby baskets. Baby it is me, Sea bear. Water gets some... up, a <laughs> 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 All right.
1: Okay. As you enter the burrow, uh, you reach it around that fifty-foot mark where Jones' uh, fireball impacted into the wall. And at that point, the tunnel takes a sort of a sloping arc of a right turn. Uh, and then this slow turn kind of ends up being at about a 90 degree turn. So at that point, you realize that this burrow has been built into the topography of sort of following the hill. And so it goes along that sort of area that way. So you proceed along this passage a little ways farther, at which point it finally opens up into a, at this point, a slightly bigger room. For those of you with dark vision, you can see that it's about 20 to 30 feet across, but still kind of continuing on as a tunnel. But within this room is... Four creatures that are crawling on the floor, and as this sort of light that Ramash carries in his hand illuminates them better, uh, you all can see that these are giant rats, and they look none too pleased that you are inside of the area that they call home. So, at this point, I would like you all to roll initiative. I rolled five. 18. Ash? I rolled
3: a 19. Kevin okay. I rolled a 5. You rolled a 5, a 2 plus a 3. Do so you rolled two a 5. 2
1: 3, so I got 5. Okay. One of the rats is going to take a lunge at uh, Ramash, who was first in the door. Uh, <laughs> it's seven versus AC.
3: Yeah, definitely not gonna
1: do it. <laughs> not gonna do it. So he's gonna take a lunge at you, and I think he's just gonna. You're gonna kind of hold up your shield and just block, and he's gonna mess. Cool. So Ramat, you are actually up next.
3: Okay, I can't draw my sword unless I get rid of this flame, so I'm just gonna cast this flame at the giant rat that just attacked me.
1: Okay. Eight, I did say, <laughs> That is not going to hit. So I think what's going to happen here is this rat has sort of jumped at you, and you blocked him with your shield, but then you just sort of hastily try to shoot a firebolt at him, and were are unable to hit him with this bolt. Joan is up next. All right. How far away are the rats that haven't attacked? The ones that haven't attacked are still fairly close. Okay. The room itself is about 30 by 50. Okay. And there are... about halfway, maybe a little bit closer. So they're fairly close to All you. All right, cool. That works.
0: is going to take his revolver and use an acid splash bullet. Okay. Okay, so what it does, choose one creature within range or choose two creatures within range. They're within five feet of each other, and they're five feet of each other, right? All the rest yeah, are they're just all kind of pretty just bundled together. Yeah. Target, or I guess targets, must succeed on a dexterity mm-hmm. saving throw or take one d6 acid damage.
3: What's the range of that thing? Uh,
0: okay, sixty P. Nice. Yeah, like I said, all my spells I chose are ranged spells because he's shooting them out of a bullet, so having them be or he's like shooting a gun. Anyways, you have to roll dexterity saving throws. Yes, I'm
1: just going against your modifier. You're though. going against my spell save DC, okay. I believe. So one is in ten. Okay. The other one is seventeen. All right. One of them it doesn't fit. Were you shooting to the to the left side or
0: to the? I right was side? shoot. I was shooting uh towards the uh. I guess it depends. Ramash, uh, are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm Right handed. And I take your weapons in your right hand? I
3: didn't have my weapon out yet. I just cast the fire. Okay, so I guess your hand would be your left. I'm going to
0: cast. I'm going to. Yes. It doesn't matter. Okay. I'm going to cast
1: to the two that are. I'm going to so cast one the on the far left and the one in the middle.
0: Okay, okay. that
1: just depends on. Uh, the only reason it matters is so I know which ones would be potentially taking damage. Alright, whichever one takes damage is
0: taking. So two damage.
1: So next up is gonna be uh, one of the rats. He uh, also I think is gonna take an attack at Ramash. Oh shit! Uh, sixteen versus AC. Unfortunately, yeah, the
3: no, no, no. Actually, it's the roller. I discovered wins as it turns out. So he so he wins. Correct. He does win.
1: Okay, so he's gonna do? Five points of damage on you. Next up is this other giant rat. He's actually going to seeing the success of his uh comrade. companion, yeah, his comrade, he's actually gonna jump past Ramash and try to take a bite at Joan. So eighteen versus AC. That's gonna happen. Okay. That's going to be three points of damage. All right. So next up in the order is Mikael. What are you doing? I'm attacking the uh, rat
2: nearest to me.
1: Okay, so that's going to be... Uh, I think that's going to be the rat that just attacked
2: Joan. this is my rapier. It's so a 19. That is going to hit him. So seven points of damage.
1: That rat, um <coughs> you slice at him with his rapier while he's sort he of going at Joan. And I think that you get him um, just kind of perfect timing. You catch him uh, right in the side of the neck. And this rat just like sort of seizes up and falls over. He is down. R.E.S. That's an unusual size. So next up is the other rat. And he uh, also is going to join his companions in attacking Ramash. 17 versus AC.
3: Yeah, that's
1: going to do it. One freaking battle we get. Four points of damage on Ramash. Oh, yeah. yeah. So next up is another is another one of the raps. Uh He saw Mikael kill his buddy. And so uh, in retaliation, he's going to try to jump that way and get a hit off on of Mikael. 19 versus AC. Yeah, that'll hit. That'll hit. All right. So he... It's gonna lunge forward and just like bite directly onto your face, Mikhail, and it's actually gonna hit you for five points of damage. Ouch! So next up is Ramash, who's been taking quite a bit of beating. we down to uh, three rats. There are three rats. Yes, you killed the one. I'm not dying. None of those rats have not been hit. Dying today. All I'm cold. casting cure wounds
3: on myself.
1: Okay. So I roll a d8
3: and add my spellcasting ability modifier. Okay, so I get ten hit
1: points back I'm back to my maximum Okay, Ramaj has healed himself Are you moving or are you staying right where you are? I'm gonna actually move my ass
3: over I don't know, behind Mikhail. Be behind Mikhail? To the, Okay. To the rear So next up then is Joan. Joan You have a clear line of sight on the two in front Good So yeah, Joan,
1: you are now in the front of the party
0: Jonah's gonna take uh, a shot with acid splash at those two rats. The two in front of him. That is correct. Okay. Uh, you need to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Seventeen and, and eight. The one that uh, got eight is gonna get a hit. Okay. Three
1: damage. Three damage. Okay. Next up is uh, one of the rats is in front of Joan. And so now since Ramasha's has retreated, he's going to try to make a lunge at Joan. Twelve versus AC. That is not going to hit. Okay, but I have advantage, so I can roll again here. 16 versus AC. That is going to hit. Okay, so he is... We'll say he lunges at Joan, and Joan is initially kind of able to swat him off, but he's able to make sort of a second lunge and gets you in the side of the leg. Um, and he gets you four, five points of damage.
0: I'm mighty hurt over here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next up
2: is Mikael. So, rat two. He rolls a 16. 16 is going to do it. So, ten. <laughs> wow. <Well,
0: laughs> <laughs> you you thought you extra killed the other rat. <laughs>
3: They're not the toughest kids on the block. He
1: has um, we'll three. say... So what happens is... Mikael actually has a brief... I don't want to quite call it a vision. Uh, but it's not quite a flashback either. Almost a... Um, clear-sighted moment. Sort of a clear... We'll call it a clear-sighted recall of experience. Deja vu. And real. just has this, this flash... And what he sees is an instructor in the temple years ago, back when he was small, not even fully grown. We're talk- This is like literally like a 15 year old Mikael, a small child. And we see 120 years ago. We see this instructor just drilling him on this tactic to use. ...when confronting an enemy that is sort of scurrying or close to the ground... ...and this sort of this special move that the uh, the members of his order are taught. So what we see uh, Mikhail do is he actually steps forward... ...swings his foot underneath the belly of this rat, kicking it into the air... And while it's midair, he swings his sword forward and slices the rat directly in half, and it falls to the ground in two pieces.
3: That's one hell of a rapier you got here, sir.
1: A little much, isn't it? Never enough. Well done. So, next is the rat that's a little ways in front of Ramash, And so, he is going to take a lunge at Joan, who's now in the front of the party here. 21 versus AC. What if I told you that didn't hit? Ah, you'd be lying. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be
3: so full of
0: shit. Oh, boy. That's
1: going to be a four. I am down. You're down? I
0: am down. I agree. So this
3: rousing. rat
1: comes forward And as it jumps uh, It's able to catch Joan In a moment when he's a little bit distracted And actually latches Directly onto his throat And takes a chunk out And Joan just drops We see him sort of sway And just fall over And he is down. Cowboy down Next
3: up we have Ramash. I'm going to cast Produce Flame At Rat 4 here over here that is 13. 13
1: is going to hit. Okay. And he takes four fire damage. So you hit one of these rats with a burst of fire, and as this fire bolt hits him, he is engulfed and just kind of staggers around and then falls over, and this rat is also dead. Good stuff. So next up is Joan, and Joan, you need to make a fight for your life here. Roll a 20 and get an HP back. Or roll a four. <laughs> that is going to be a fail. So, Joan, you are down one failure in this. Joan shudders on the ground. Next yeah. up is the last rat that is still alive here. And seeing that Joan has fallen, he's actually going to jump over Joan's unconscious body and try to take a bite at Mikael here. going to be 16 versus AC. Not going to pass with the shield. Okay. So this rat takes a flying leap at you, and you are just able to get your shield up in time and you sort of block him off to the side of you a little ways with the push of your shield here. Uh, Mikhail, you were actually up next in the order here. we can cast Leon on hands On to Joan. Joan. Okay. For uh, two health
2: points. Okay. Uh, I'm up. So Joan has two <laughs> health points now. Stop there sleeping for on one action so I can't exactly uh do anything else
1: as far as attack. So basically you're just casting the time Joan and then you're yeah. Done, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Ramash, you are up next
3: then. Okay, I'm gonna take my scimitar and attack the last rat with it. Okay. That's a ten.
1: A ten is not gonna do it. So you take a slice at this rat and he is just uh he's a little too wily to be hit. He kinda Slides underneath. Well, I am fucking your tall, sword. So, I mean. Uh So next up in the order is Joan. So Joan, you are actually uh, you're on the ground right now. Yeah, he's gonna to get up. So you're gonna use your action to get up here. Yep. Okay. Then Joan's
0: gonna be like, "All right, enough messing around." Holsters his gun, draws out his two daggers, and I'm just gonna throw them both at the rat. Okay. Twelve. That is gonna hit. And that's going to hit as well. It's
1: 23. Uh, yes, that will hit.
0: So that is 7 points of damage. The second one does
1: 3 damage. All right, so you, uh, you throw your daggers here, and both of them just impact directly into this wrap, and it, uh, with a sort of a screeching heel uh, kind of falls over and uh, is dead. Nice. Now
0: that sounds dumb. Nice knife
1: from skills. Thank you kindly.
3: So how much experience did we get for this fight?
1: Y'all get <laughs> 33 points of experience. Alright. 113.
0: I vote we take a short rest. I would very much like to have more than two hit points.
1: Sure. I don't have to spend any hit dice. I'm good with that. I vote against it, if that uh, counts <laughs> for Oh, <anything>. well. <laughs> I, just,
2: I just vote that... <laughs> no.
1: No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no rest for the wicked. was like man, I gotta use the might of rest and from the heavens. No, fuck no. that. <laughs> All right, so what do I gotta do? You roll your hit die, and you add
2: you roll your you dice have, and you move your, your mice. Nobody gets
0: mice. hurt. Yeah, add your roll your dice and add your mice. All right,
3: drop your socks and grab your crops. You went on this
0: rhyme so I'm not gonna spend my hit dying.
3: It's for me, there's no need. to know it's six. Full if you can't want because by the time we're done with this campaign, we'll have probably a long rest between us and finding Cibo again. Yeah,
0: but like, who this knows what else we
3: have room. to face in this
0: dungeon? Yeah. I don't want to fucking just go down so,
2: again. Like,
0: him it makes sense.
3: Where you at? Nine out of what?
2: Nine out of fourteen.
3: I like, go for it. That way, you don't yeah. have to waste your pool playing hands.
2: So I roll a D eight then.
3: Yeah. Full health. i say
0: you don't even have to add your constitution modifier to that. Oh, I have to add my constitution modifier? Yeah. Forgot about that. Whole oh, baby Oh baby Oh, boy. Oh, boy. oh, boy. oh goofy. <laughs> By the way, that literally exactly <laughs> I'm exactly at ten health now.
1: So maximum health. Listening audience, if this last exchange somehow by the awful machinations of RJ makes it into the podcast, I sincerely apologize. My guy's at 10
0: health now.
3: I'm oh, okay. to Jonah's
0: feeling fine. Uh, let's go. I don't remember
2: uh, Mikael <laughs> being much of a bodybuilder. I mean, his strength is 16, so oh. plus three modifiers. Well, paint me red and call me a wagon. I thought that's just because
1: he was an elf and they're resilient.
2: Nah. he right. constantly studies okay. the of war. We're in a room with four, Our, four. Is like his second skin. We're in a room four, with four, four dead, dead giant, giant
0: rats. ass rats. Yeah, and then two living giant ass rats and Joan
2: <laughs> the weasel. Anyone care to go skinning? Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> Anyways, are you doing anything else in this room before you proceed? I kick one of the rats against the wall. <laughs>
2: Uh, is there a bounty for rats? Like there is for like raccoons, you can kill. Like, Who is doing the bounty for
1: us? Uh, so no, there is not a bounty uh, on rats. This room does not really have a whole lot in it. It's kind of just.
2: Uh, I'm just an item fiend. What can I say? <laughs>
1: You're Mexican, right? No, we this, are. Th- this room is uh, just like an antechamber. Okay so there's not really much in it. In fact, it's calling it a room is, even being generous, it's more so just kind of a widening of the passageway that you were already in. Gotcha. It almost, I guess, would have the look of, like, Sort of like a staging area Kind of like if people are coming out of the burrow A couple of people can stand abreast In here before they continue on in the tunnel So there's not really a whole lot Going on in here
0: So what you're saying is we definitely need to go Like shoulder to shoulder power March through here now
1: Like we could fit
3: shoulder to shoulder through the next one If want to <laughs> I
0: suggest walking in a line like we usually do
3: but next engagement, right. let's split up a little bit.
0: I'll be in the middle again since I don't have a shield or shielding.
3: You want to take point or should I take point? I'll
0: take point. All right. That's I'll the stick highest
1: it in AC. Then. All right, guys. Form yeah. up. Is your
0: AC? 18. Okay, yeah.
1: Let's go. As you continue farther on, this room, like I said, is not very big. Once it gets down to the other end, the passageway condenses back down again uh, into a sort of a smaller, sort of single-file passageway that slowly starts to widen and almost imperceivably at some point it stops being a passageway that's been carved out and turns into a small cave system. Nothing too large. I mean, we're talking about you know the ceiling is probably 10 to 12 feet, 30 or 40 feet across. I mean, obviously it's a cave so it varies, but so nothing too massive as you continue on a little bit farther. And you start to see there's a lot more moisture and there's a lot of Mushrooms and other fungi that are growing.
2: The growth is very
1: moist.
3: Can I do a nature check on those mushrooms? See if they're like poisonous
1: or anything. Yeah, sure. Do a nature check. Meanwhile, check if they're six. (laughs) You don't really see a whole lot going on with these mushrooms. They are more or less just mushrooms. All right. So a little bit farther into the cave system, you come across a giant pillar in the center of the cave system that appears to be made entirely out of this fungal matter that's sort of all over the place. It, so it looks literally like a column of fungus that goes all the way up to the ceiling.
2: Like it's a column of little fungi? Or, like, is it one giant mushroom stone? You can't really tell. It's this sort of
1: mass that's almost kind of pulsing a, on a little bit. I'm going Flame at it. It's added.
0: completely made of fungi. It's not like fungi that's grown on the rock or
1: whatever pillar. Or from, we just can't tell. You can, I mean, from what you can see... It is all fungi. It's all fungi. I am How cast- fun, I'm yeah. casting produced Flame at it and just chucking
3: my
0: flame at it. Okay, I know, this. what a smart idea. That coming from a guy that nearly burned down a
1: forest. What do you know? So when you throw this firebolt, it hits the pillar, and the pillar, instead of catching on fire, your flame kind of fizzles out, but then it splits into three separate pieces that drop to the floor and pick themselves up, and what you see are three vaguely humanoid-looking living mushrooms. I told
0: you this wasn't a good idea. At least and, uh, I did something.
1: You're going to roll them bones for some initiative here.
2: Nineteen. Mine is twelve. I rolled an eleven. Okay.
1: First up here in the order is going to be
2: Mikael. Awesome. I'm going to draw my rapier. And I'm gonna make a go at the first one that I can get my sword into. Okay. Uh, one all the way on the end. And I'm gonna make a stab for eighteen against AC. Oh wait, uh, twenty against AC. That'll hit.
1: Twenty-three. Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay. Five points of damage.
1: All right, you uh, you hit him with your sword, and I think maybe you chop a couple of mushrooms off the side of him, but he's still mm-hmm. looking pretty angry. Uh, so next up is going to be the mushroom uh, at the end, M3. And he is going to, uh, I think, jump up towards Joan and try to swipe at him. So it's a 10 versus AC. That is not going to
2: hit. Okay, and he actually gets a second attack. 23. Bye. I'm gonna die. Are you, though? Yeah, that's How powerful are they? That's the real question. What is this, this one point of damage? Uh,
1: it's eight points of damage.
2: Ooh. Oh my god! Jonas! <laughs>
1: oh you said eight points of damage? Eight points of damage. And you didn't want us to heal up. Next up is the Mushroom 2. He is gonna try to attack uh, Mikael. 13 versus AC. That is not I can attack twenty-four versus AC. Yeah, that'll hit. Okay. He's gets you for five points of damage.
0: Next Holy up is Joan. Alright,
1: Joan is going to attack the one who just
0: attacked him. Mm-hmm. A hit's still a hit, man. He's going to shoot Ray of Frost at the one in front of him. Okay. That is seventeen versus A C. That'll hit him. Okay, and that is going to be on a hit. It takes 1d8 cold damage, and its speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. Oh, okay. He takes 2 damage. Uh, after he hits him with that, Jonah is going to move behind
1: Ramash. Okay, you coward. Well, I don't really have a shield. You are my shield. And Ramash is going to be up next.
3: Okay, I guess I'm just going to go up to Guy. The one right in front of you? Right in front of me. Okay. And I'm going to swing at him with my scimitar.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a critical miss. Well, that sucks. Because he's going to take an opportunity strike at you. (laughs) 17 versus AC.
3: Yeah, that's going to do it.
1: Seven. I'm
3: down to four HP.
1: <laughs> so, he was so next, play. next up is going to be the the one that uh, that I stand. That Mikael initially went after. He's going to try to uh, retaliate against Mikhail. That's uh, that one's not going to hit. That's a thirteen. That's a fifteen.
2: That is also not going to
1: hit. All right. So he takes two big sweeping slashes with his claws and is uh, not quite able to connect with you on either one. I think you kind of just do a sort of a parry and move out of the way. Alright, next up is Mikael. Alright. Dice and run away.
2: Mikael is not a coward. I'm going to go back after the same one that I was attacking before. Okay. With a nice thrust of my rapier. And that is a 24. That will hit. Uh, That's 9 points of damage.
1: Uh, yeah, I think you hit you hit him real good here. Take a big chunk out of the side of him. Uh, he's looking a little unsteady on his feet. Next up is the one right in front of Ramash, so he's going to try and take another swing of Ramosh here. I'm oh,
3: probably going to die. Get four hit points.
1: Uh, yeah, that, I'm dead. That's a nat 20.
3: I'm definitely dead. It's plus three to a hit, and the lowest thing he can roll is a one. Good thing two were
1: that's a seven.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm down
1: on the ground. He's fine. out. So fine. don't even need to bother with taking his second attack there. Uh, next up is one of the ones up by Mikael. He's going to take a swing at you. Wouldn't
3: that be the one
1: that went after Joan? What? The one that was... Um...
3: No, it, the one that hit the one that attacked one him. That
1: Joan. Joan. moved behind him. Oh, okay. So the first swing on that is a seven. That's not going to do it. And a 16. Still not going to hit. Okay. He is uh, not able to connect with you either. So next up is Joan. Uh, I'm going to use Chromatic Orb against the one that's fighting Ramash. Okay. Well, I
0: guess I shoot a 4-inch diameter sphere of energy at a creature that I can see within range. I can choose between Acid, Cold, Fire, Lightning, Poison, or Thunder for the type of orb I create. I'm going to go with Acid. And then make a ranged spell attack against the target. Twenty versus AC. Okay, yeah, that one's going to hit. Okay, if the attack hits, the creature takes 3d8 damage of the type you shoot. Nice. So 3d8 acid damage. So, five, six,
1: and ten damage. As you hit him with this acid attack, he stumbles back and we start to see parts of his torso and his arms kind of melt a- away a little bit. Uh, he actually stumbles back a foot or two away from Ramash, but he is still on his feet, and he looks pretty angry now that you just threw acid at him. Next up, uh, Sleepy Boy, Ramash, Throw us a saving throw here. And that's a fail. That would be a failure, yes, sir. Next up is the Mushroom Man that has been brutalized by Mikhail. He is very angry about <laughs> such, so... Uh, well, that's not gonna do it. That's a nine and a sixteen. Still not gonna hit. And f- again, these mushroom men can just not connect with <coughs> Mikhail for some reason. So Mikhail is up next.
2: Still going after the same one. All right. Uh, with the twelve against Stacy. That's not gonna hit. So you uh, you take a swing with your rapier, but he's seen this
1: attack several times now. And he is ready for it. He dodges out of the way just in time. Next up is the mushroom that was just uh, acid attacked. And so he is going to actually jump forward and go after Joan. That's a 16 versus AC. That, I think, is going to hit. Okay. That's going to be a seven. Hello,
0: darkness. friend. <laughs> <smiling>. oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Are you <laughs> also... <laughs> I down? am down. Okay. We are so fucked. Well, we have
1: hey. one man. I lose job. my character. I will oh. be pissed. Okay, well, next up is the second mushroom man over by uh, Mikael here. They get two attacks.
3: I know. What the hell is this?
2: This is somebody that, is that decided to eight, just shoot 11. a bunch of mushrooms. Not going to connect.
3: He got pissed off that Sibo wasn't around he decided to kill us all.
2: And a 18. Uh, defender wins that one, right?
3: No, the die roller. Attacker. Die roller Also, dies.
2: I
0: have a pretty good idea of what happens if he die. What? Oh, wait. Okay, that's Never mind. five
1: points dying of dying
0: damage.
2: Oh. Next up is
1: Joan. Needs to make a saving throw here. That's not uh, a good save. Uh, no. That's, by which I mean it is not a... It is a that, fail. That's almost a really bad save. Yeah. You almost got rolled two a two. Fails. Rolled a two. Okay. Next up is Ramosh. Oh, hey, cool. A win. That's a win for Ramosh. Next up is another one of the mushrooms that's over by Mikhail, the one he's been slashing up on. That is a 21. Yeah, that's going to work. That's a four points of damage. So we're all down now. As Mikhail drops to his knees, he... Surveys the battlefield. His foes stand above him. His friends lay unconscious around him. And just as he is about to drift into unconsciousness, he feels his spirit being pulled away from his body, rapidly, faster than anyone has ever traveled before. And suddenly, he is standing before Bahamut. Not in a ritual prayer sort of way, but literally in front of the god Bahamut.
2: Dearest Muhammad you have seized me out of death's clutches. What is the task at Am I at finally at rest? No. I still have need of your services on of immortal plane. I here today to offer you a choice. I can grant you the power needed to slay your foes, but in return, you must give me a solemn promise. Somewhere, along our journey, I will ask you to commit a terrible deed. And you must do so, without question, no matter the consequences. In return for this promise, I have promised that your foes will be laid to waste. Do you accept my terms? I have already sold my soul upon for good and for in your service. Anything else is secondary. The deed is done. And with that, you
1: are pushed back into your body.
2: <sighs>
1: Mikhail stands to his feet. His eyes glow with the red depths of hell. And his fingertips appear to crackle with a red electricity. And without any sort of movement or summoning, your weapons suddenly spring to your hands. And now, the fun begins. (laughs) So, in this, you now have, for the next minute, 40 hit points. You get a plus 5 to all attack rolls. And you can either go it alone, or you can choose to give... 10 of your hit points to one ally and
2: revive them. Well, I can save them after i cleared the room. That's true, you can. So, did this do anything to my AC, by the way?
1: No, all, all your other stats return. You just have okay. this big pool of hit points and you get the bonus to your all to of your attack rolls. Okay.
2: Then to speed combat, and they still have their saving throws. They I'm do. I'm just correctly. going to. Uh, I'm just going to go full on battle mode. Well, coincidentally, you are up next in the order. <laughs> I'm going to go after the same mushroom that I have been. Okay. And that is a twenty-nine. That is going to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Another six points of damage.
1: Okay. He is now looking incredibly shaky and um, not well, we'll say. Still not dead. Still not quite dead, but he is definitely... I mean, mushrooms don't bleed, but he looks like he is about ready to collapse. Oh! I forgot. Um, you also get uh you get a second attack as oh, well. It doesn't have to be the same target, you can go to somebody else within um within ten feet of where you are. So basically you could go after the other uh, yeah. the other
2: one, or you could go after the same guy. I am gonna attack the other mushroom Okay. For uh thirteen against a C
1: Uh that is actually gonna hit. So that's thirteen with all your modifiers. You rolled with the a modifiers. Here. Wow, you rolled it below that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's gonna hit
2: for 8 points of damage.
1: Okay. So next up is the mushroom that's over by Ramash and Joan. And so seeing uh, what's happened to his comrades, he is going to try to spring at you from behind to see if he can get hit or not on you. So that's going to be an 8, which will not hit, and a 18. Yeah, that's which hit. will hit. Okay. And that's 4 points of damage. All right. Next up is another one of the mushrooms. The the second one that you hit. It's mushroom number two. Gonna swing at you as well. Uh, that's a ten, not gonna hit. And a nine, also not gonna hit. Um, I think that he is stunned just by the fury of your attacks and just kind of is not able to connect with you with his swings. Uh, next up is Joan and he's do a saving throw here. Seventeen. Okay, Joan saves and Ramash saving throw as well. I'll take an eighteen. Let's okay, save. he saves as well. Uh, next up is the, mu- the <laughs> mushroom that is not looking so well. <laughs> that is a nine. Not going to hit. Well, also not going to hit. So he is not able to connect as well. And Mikhail, you are again up.
2: I'm going to go after this staggering mushroom. Okay. With a twenty. 20- yeah, yeah, that's going to hit. Four or ten points of damage.
1: Yeah, you, you you jump forward and just with a yell just completely cleave him shoulder to hip
2: and you still have a second attack that you can make. Going after that second one there. Okay. Which I yeah. That's gonna be a twenty two against A C. Okay. Or nine points of damage. He staggers
1: from this hit and is looking really beat up now. Not quite done, but is not looking good. And so the one behind you is going to be up now. So fifteen, not going to hit. And that's also not going to hit. That's a twelve. So then after that is the one that you just uh, you just did damage to. 15. A critical miss, actually. So I, I
2: don't think that one connects either.
1: No, so actually you uh, you're going to make an opportunity strike on him because he is beat up and off balance, so 14. That'll hit him.
2: Another 8 points of damage.
1: And you are actually, you topple him over and he crumbles to the ground as well. So next up is going to be Joan. That's another success. 15. Okay. Ramash as well. Rolling here. That's my own. success, I'm stable. Okay. Ramash is stabilized. Next up in the order is gonna be Mikael again. Uh fourteen.
2: Okay, that's gonna hit him. Are we still inside that first minute?
1: Yeah. Okay. One round of combat is like Three seconds. It's Actually, it's, it's, there are it's ten oh, well, uh ten rounds. Ten rounds, is, ten is, rounds a is a minute, yes. Okay, we haven't done ten rounds yet, so you're still. Nine points of damage. Okay.
2: Second strike is eighteen. That's gonna hit. Or eleven points of damage.
1: And this mushroom is vanquished as well. And so now as your last foe topples, you sort of uh, lose the fire in your eyes. And, and, uh... I
3: already get a hit point in... Two hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the fire in your eyes goes down, the electricity from your hands fades, and you kind of go back to normal. Um, more do I go less. back to, like,
2: one hit point, or are we talking full health? Uh, no, you have full hit points. Okay. I still had three points in my healing pool. Yep. I approach Joan and, with a wave of my hand over his darkening eyes, rise him out of his death-like slumber and bring him to life, granting him a point of health. Then I approach Ramash, and again, with a wave of my hand, I shorten that span of two hours (laughs) to merely seconds, and also bring him to life. I
3: know this goes without saying, but I think we should probably take a long rest...
2: ...and immediately kneel and begin praying to the hobbit.
0: Oh, Abigail! Oh,
2: what a miss. Hey. What
0: happened?
1: Did I die? die. Alright, so, uh, Bronson, just real what is your normal health pool, by the way? The healing pool? No, you're like, your HP... Uh, 14. Okay, that's what I thought it was. So one
0: long rest later...
1: Oh, we're doing a long rest?
3: Okay. May as well. We're one hate point each. I have one spell slot. Do we get the two? XP for the rats?
0: Yeah. We, we're we at
3: 113 before this fight. How much do we get for I this fight? I thought we were at 119. 13. You're each going to get
1: 200 mm-hmm. XP for this fight. We're
3: level 2! Level Let's hold that long rest for a second until we figure this all out.
2: Oh, which now I gain dueling. So this
1: thing that I came up with for you, Bronson, uh just more so for mechanics, is called Bahamut's Fury. And so Bahamut's Fury can only be summoned when the entire party has gone down. And from what, the, the choice that basically what will happen is that it's at one point of my choosing, Bahamut will ask you to do something that could potentially be contrary to what you even want to do. And you basically have to obey, or oh, yeah. it's insta-death. Is there anywhere in the character
0: shape for putting sorcery points?
3: You just make up a spot. I had to make up a spot for Breath Weapon. Alright. I put it under, like, Features or something. I only
0: put it under Attacks and Spellcasting. I
3: just gained another Spell Slot, which is nice. I guess I gained
2: Spellcasting as well.
3: I also get Wild Shape and my druidic Circle. Also, my uh, Lay on
2: Hands now goes up to ten.
3: Wild Shape, I can assume the shape of a Beast that I have seen before. I have to have seen this beast before to be able to assume it's shape. I can use it twice before a short or long rest. Originally, there is a max CR limitation, but because of my druidic circle that I chose, which is Circle of the Moon, at second level, I gain the ability to use it on my turn not only as a bonus action rather than an action, I can use it to transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as 1, rather than 1 over 4. I can't turn into a beast with flying or swimming speeds, until level 4, and until level 8, I can't become any that have flying speed. Uh, my game statistics are replaced by the statistics of the beast, except for my alignment, personality, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores. I get all my skill and saving throw proficiencies, in addition to gaining those of the creature. I use the higher one if they're, if I have the same proficiency. Um, when I transform, I take the beast's hit points and hit dice. And um, when I revert to my normal form, I return to the number of hit points I had before I transformed. But if I'm dealt damage that um, exceeds the amount I have left as the creature, it carries over into my normal form. I can't cast spells, and my ability to speak or take an action requires hands is limited to my form. However, if I cast a spell that requires concentration before turning... I can still maintain concentration for that spell, such as Call Lightning. I still get the benefits of my class, race, or any other source, and I can still use them if I'm physically capable. However, I won't be able to use my breath weapon. I can't use any special senses, such as dark vision, unless my new form also has that sense. And all of my equipment, by my choice, will be morphing into my body. So you'll, say I become a tiger, you'll probably see the shape of a sword or a shield on me. So basically- How long does it last? Um, it lasts, where is it? You can stay in B-shape for a number of hours equal to half your druid level rounded down. And because I, um, start this at level 2, I get an hour to start with. And I can revert to it earlier using a bonus action, and I automatically revert back if my beast mode runs out of HP points. And remember, these are only beasts, so I can't become zombies, I can't become dragons, which is such a pity. And they have to be of, um, challenge rating 1 or lower at the moment...
2: Ramash well,
1: enters beast mode.
3: Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starting at level 6, I can transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as my druid level, divided by 3, rounding down. So at six level, I can become challenge rating 2 beasts. At 9th level, I can become 3, and so on. And then there are other things I gain as I go. And that's all you really, really know yeah, need to know at the moment. I'm going to do my new hit point maximum. Um, What do we add to that one? To so what? The, the hit, the hit point, point maximum. You roll your hit die... That you have, and you add your um, Constitution modifier. I rolled a two, and I only got five extra. Energy. I rolled a two, so I got six. What's your Constitution? Hold, uh, oh, your Constitution plus four. four. Nice.
0: So I'm at
3: sixteen hit points maximum.
0: Twenty.
3: Are we gonna do a long
0: rest? All right. So now I gotta roll the one d one d six to add to my HP.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm add your Constitution modifier.
0: Six. Yep. You're lucky bastard. So, literally jumped from 10 HP to 20 max HP. Wow, you're not as... I'm squishier than you are now. No, we're getting somewhere. Also, to be super safe, I gave myself the new spell. It's first the first level spell, False Life. Bolstering yourself with a necromantic... Oh, yeah, you get temporary hit points. Light, you gain 1d4 plus 4 temporary hit points of duration. So minimum amount of 5. So between 5 and 8 x like hit points for How long does it last? An hour. An hour? Nice. Which basically is gonna be in any combat situation if I have a spell slot and want to use it. I... Which I have one extra spell slot, basically. Joan is amicable for getting a long rest on.
1: Alright. Well go ahead and take a siesta in
2: this uh we'll
1: all our this DM we have...
2: did not say. No. <laughs> The young came came so, down. He's like, "All right, <laughs> oh, go ahead need. and take a
1: siesta <laughs> right, in this uh, mushroom Seabulls cave." Level.
3: At least now we have two hit dice. We do. Yeah, we have two hit dice now. We can spend uh, short rests to regain health.
2: Oh. Okay.
3: One for every level. Oh, and if you, um, if your constitution,
2: be fully regain it. Yes. You if you increase
3: points. your constitution modifier by one, you gain one hit point to your. Maximum for every level you are. Oh yeah, a
2: game divine smite now. So starting at the second level, when you hit a creature with a melee weapon attack, you can expend one spell slot to deal radiant damage to the target. In addition to the weapon's damage, the extra damage is 2d8 for the first level spell slot, plus 1d8 for each spell level higher than the first, with so a maximum of 5d8. The damage increases by 1d8 if the target is undead or up- a
0: fiend.
2: Well, all right, then. Rick, what did you get?
0: Two sorcery points.
3: That's it? Yeah. So he can get a spell slot back. Well, and I got a like new, sp- I got another
0: spell slot. And I told you, I gave myself false
1: light. See, you
3: get a spell right away. I have to wait for a long rest until I can...
1: So you guys are taking a long rest, correct? Correct. We all our stuff. All right, so after your long rest, you proceed farther into the cave and you notice that the floor has started to slope upwards a little ways, and you are actually getting closer to the surface until eventually you actually break into, even though it's still enclosed and dark, um, the walls are now stone instead of dirt, and you can only summarize that what's happened is you've come out inside of one of the ruined buildings of the Garden of Stone. And as you kind of come out of this tunnel and are standing on the flat ground, you see a single green eye appear in the darkness. And it sort of gazes at you for a moment. And then with a leap, a creature about five feet in size... Leaps towards you. It's got four legs, a body with spines along its back, and uh, it sort of runs across the ground, sort of like a hound. But it's got this, just this sort of head that just becomes dominated by a giant green eye. And uh, it's gonna come charging right at you. And so we're gonna need to do a little bit of initiative rolling
2: here. What is this We'll figure it out. Sorry. It sounds like a green cyclops.
1: It's a gnathic.
3: I'm assuming it's not a beast.
1: He got an 11. 16.
3: Rush got an 8.
1: So, first up is going to be Joan in the order. Joan draws out his
0: revolver, and it's going to attempt to shoot a firebolt at him. Okay.
1: 11 versus AC. That is not going to hit. So your firebolt just kind of passes him harmlessly and catches the stone on fire. No. No. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, he turns the uh, wall into a window. No, you kind of you miss him, and he uh the ball just passes him. All, All right, right, Joan is
0: uh going to then move behind Ramash and Mikhail. Wait, are we kind of just shoulder to shoulder? We're
3: gonna
1: should just shoulder I don't to know. shoulder.
0: Are you? Uh, I'm gonna get behind at least one of them because they both have well, shields. So up. Who? who? Uh, I'm gonna get behind Mikhail.
3: I say. He's got the higher AC Well, Save me! Save me! I can't shoot my gun!
1: <laughs> uh, Mikael is up next. That's a 17.
2: Uh, a 17 will hit. You tag him with your rapier? hmm Okay. Yep. And since I'm on the path of dueling, that'll be 3d8. Is each roll Wait. plus the uh. 3 8 yeah, because. Oh, wait, is it two?
3: You know, it's plus two to your attack roll. Plus two. T- okay. To bonus damage. Plus two bonus damage whenever you hit him. Oh! Okay. That's
2: what it is. Oh, right. Divine Smite was the 2d8.
1: So, yeah, I think you do plus two, plus whatever you So, about. 13 damage. You hit this guy, and he reels backwards. And, um. Actually, as he reels backwards, he is going to jump over to the edge of the of the room onto the wall and climb up about 15 feet and then he's going to try and jump down and he's going to try to jump down onto Ramash. I guess it's his turn. And then it is his turn, yes. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a 22. That definitely did it. That's going to be four points of damage. Okay. And uh, he's actually going to flatten you to the ground when he lands on top of you and hit you with his claw. And then he's going to take a second attack at you now that he's sitting on top of oh, you. Oh, second attack, shit. Fifteen. Nope, not going to do it. Okay, so his second attack, you're actually able to sort of hit him with your arm and sort of push the second claw out of the way. Uh, and then Ramash it is your turn now. I'm going
3: to first try and shove him off of me. So do
1: a strength check.
3: Okay. Okay, I got
1: eighteen. Uh, yeah, you. I think you're able to push him off of you. Okay,
3: and then as my action, I'm going to uh, swing at him with my scimitar.
1: Well, you gotta, Are you going to stand up? Or are you swinging from the ground? I'm going to
3: stand up. Okay, so and, you're going to uh, stand
1: up and then swing and then swing at him. Okay, yeah. go ahead.
3: Fifteen. Uh, yeah, that'll hit him for seven points of damage.
1: Okay. Oh. Uh, Joan, you were up. Joan is going to attempt to
0: shoot firebolt at him
1: again. Okay. Yeah, that's not going to do it. All right. Uh, Mikael is up.
2: Nineteen. I mean, nineteen will hit. For six points of damage. Okay. No, wait. Uh, Plus two, so that'll be eight.
1: Okay, next up is the creature and Mikael. This creature's actually going to turn its eye towards you, and uh, as you lock eyes with it, you almost feel the intensity of its gaze increase. And I'm gonna need you to do a Constitution saving throw. Eleven. Uh, you feel his gaze intensify, and then it almost feels like your skin starts to crawl, and uh, you're going to take seven points of necrotic damage.
0: You all right there, Mikhail? Uh, I don't
1: feel so good. Uh, and Ramash is up now.
0: The
3: hell with that. I'll swing in with my scimitar again. Okay. Nope, that's
1: a seven. That is not going to do it. With that. Uh, Joan, you are up. Alright, doing another firebolt. Alright. Nine versus (laughs) C. Yes, Joan is going to win for the third time. Put your damn gun away. It's my
0: best way of fighting. Actually
3: that's your only way of fighting that. Oh wait, no, you I have daggers.
1: Two daggers. even though Jones shot missed, uh the fireball whizzing through the air was enough to sort of break the gaze that this thing had locked eyes with uh Mikhail. And so now Mikhail it is your turn. I, that's a twenty. Uh twenty will hit. Ten points
2: of damage. Okay. I'm loving doing by the way. Yes.
3: You didn't really need anything defensive because your your AC so fucking high already.
2: Well, that would be my armor. So next up, drop is that shield, the creature. I Sixteen AC. Yeah, no,
1: I'm just fucking dropping my shield. Joan, I need you to roll a charisma check. All right. Seventeen. You feel this creature as it locks eyes with you. Sort of. You almost feel its presence start to invade your mind, but you are able to mentally kind of put up some barriers and push him out and at the feeling of being repelled, he's actually with a scream going to jump towards you and try to make an attack at you. Okay. Uh, so that's gonna be a twenty-three. Yeah that'll hit. Okay. It's gonna be six points of damage. Okay. Ramash, you are up.
3: Let's try this again. I'm gonna try him with a scimitar. Eleven.
1: A 11 is not gonna do it uh, We'll say you actually tried to swing at him As he was jumping through the air Going after Joan, and you were not quite able to hit him So, next up is Joan Joan is gonna use Firebolt Does Joan have any spell slots left? Damn he's, is a cantrip. is a cantrip he he can many times
3: as he wants. Unless he's not a super powerful one
0: That is again going to be a 9 versus AC <laughs> That
1: will still not hit I'm guessing AC is 12 or something like that Mikael, you are up Thirteen. That is not gonna do it. Four. So next up is the creature. He's going to uh, he's gonna jump away from Joan actually and go after Mikhail again. Sixteen. Not gonna do it. And then he's gonna make a second attack. Four. Eight. Also not gonna do it.
3: <laughs> Surprisingly, it hit. <laughs> Out of the blue. Uh, Ramash, you are up getting sick. Pretty damn sick and tired of this. I'm gonna put my sword away and cast, um, uh, friggin' produce flame at it. Okay. Oh, damn, that 20.
1: Yeah, that's gonna do it. I
3: rolled roll damage twice. So, that's 7. 14. Fire damage.
1: Yeah, you, uh, impact this flame into this creature, and he just screeches and tries to Sort of turn his eye on you, and you can feel him trying to sort of invade your mind. But then the life force just slips out of him, and it slumps to the ground, motionless.
0: Joan, that's how you do it. Now, if you just want to shut the hell up, how much experience did we get for that? Little All little right, shot. so you I will take get... aim at you if you don't shut your damn trap. Bring it. You couldn't hit us if my you wanted to.
2: This day. 150 for each of you. Oh, my God.
0: Okay, so we're
1: at
3: 463 points.
1: First, I'm going to
2: do a president. Didn't we just come out of one of
1: the buildings? We're in, we're a, in building. a building. You're inside of the... So I should have... Uh, as far as you can see right now, you don't immediately see any way out. You're okay, sort of... like kind in, of like a path ahead. Basically, you came through this bur- this burrow, right, and it sort of came out into this big stone room that you can kind of deduce, just because you were outside before, that you are inside of one of the ruins. There's no perceivable way out at the moment.
3: Romash is going to do a perception check. Okay.
1: Uh, With a 20, you can see that hidden away in the corner in a pile of rubble, there is a uh, chest that contains 600 gold pieces. And we split
3: it three ways.
1: 200, 200 a piece for each of you. And you can see upon some investigation that there is a sort of a loose stone that when you pull it out... Sort of reveals a mechanism that opens up part of the wall and uh, leaves it in a passage that takes you back out to the surface. You climb to sort of one of the ruined buildings that's up near, closer to the top of the hillside and uh, kind of extends. This was, even the rubble of it extends to about two and a half stories up. So you kind of climb up to the top of that and set up a small encampment to watch out for Sibo uh, until he returns. Um, is there anything you guys in particular want to sort of do in this encampment, or are you guys just kind of setting up for? I think we'll just set up to C-Bow. wait for
3: Sibo. Count as one. Get all our these ruins. Has there been
0: anything like kind of like metal
3: laying around?
1: Not really. Okay. Um, I mean, not apparent. I mean, if you wanted to go out and scavenge. Okay. Yeah. I'm
0: gonna go out and scavenge. You rate. can make golden bullets. Because I am a smith and I would like to try and fashion some makeshift bullets. Okay. Doesn't a smith need a forge? You uh, do
1: you have any well, of the I know
0: we, you, but you have me make a raft. You,
1: we can had had bend the
3: rules anyway. We had a we had a rope and Timber. No, we didn't make a. Wrap. We were gonna. We were going. You decided we me to a make house. a raft because I am. And then Bossy decided to not
0: yep. let me grab his arm. Anyways, okay. I I want to go foraging for. Any metal to kind of makeshift into bullets.
1: Are you like carrying the proper tools to even do this? I mean, just to start with, like you're going to need a mold for the bullets and a smelter. At least, I mean, like gunpowder.
3: I feel like we, the Smith tools, would have what he needs
0: specifically. Yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning towards. It is
3: vague. I don't think he'd have the materials... The like, I fashioned myself
0: metal. a gun. I think I would be ready to fashion myself bullets to
1: go with it, if need be. If
0: you found metal, I would think.
1: Logically. Because
0: I made my own gun, too.
1: Okay, let's do it this way. Roll me a, uh... There are che- There's not really a check for foraging, is there? Let's actually do... Let's do survival. Okay. So do a survival. I am amicable to that. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And so then do a, uh... D... Four. Okay. Plus 2. So that is... Three. Okay, so you are able to fashion three more bullets. Fun, them? Write that down, what he just did. So, yeah, so what we're going to do for okay. fashioning bullets is a survival check. Ten and below is a fail. Eleven above is a success. success. Right. If you're successful in your survival check to be able to go out and find metal, then you, it's a D4 plus two, and that's how many bullets you can recover. Yep. And then um, we'll say this counts for a long round... Where applicable, mm-hmm. I guess. Like I mean, I guess if you yes. guys are like out in an Arctic tundra, probably not going to be able to find metal. Yep. But if if it fits, we'll say anytime you do a yeah, long I rest, you can do one of these checks. No, you can
2: find Stalrem in the in the far reaches of Skyrim.
1: <laughs>
3: Maybe we could find Titanic.
2: But yeah, so, so we'll say, okay, and then I
1: just imagine we're all going to take a long rest. Uh, yeah, I mean you're all waiting for Sibo, so I think all at right. this point you're setting up uh, camp and just. Yeah,
0: Come Joan Joan sets up a bonfire for everybody. And he kinda leans back on the ground and is adding the bullets to his stock and reloading his gun and getting it set. I'm um, gonna go
3: fetch those giant rats and cook us some dinner.
1: Is he gonna save some nice crispy bacon for Mr. Frodo too? Make sure you throw some <laughs> fuck him in for the stew. And then he,
3: and was, he's gonna crumbs. And then
0: he's gonna tip his hat forward. <laughs> And you get know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 and fall asleep.